Hello and welcome to the Friday, March 10th edition of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by Dean Rule and Stillwater. Dean, let's start with the obvious question. Uh, OSU Cowboys NCAA tournament, in or out? Right now, Patrick, I think you're looking at somewhat of a coin toss, but I would lean toward out after how everything else landed in the field last night. Um, Obviously, I don't think you penalize OSU too much for losing to Texas just because Texas is a top 10 team, the number two seed in the conference. I don't think you would penalize them a ton for that, but a lot of the other games that affect the bubble and the who's fighting for a tournament spot still fell. They didn't fall in OSU's favor, some of those outcomes. And Joe Lenardi, he put out his bracketology update about an hour ago, Patrick, and that kind of reflects what I'm saying. OSU is projected as the first team out of the tournament after ending last night as the last team in the tournament. Uh, that mainly comes because Arizona State scored a pretty big win against USC. The past two nights, Patrick, I've watched Arizona State basketball at 10.30 p.m. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the best way to in, in, encapsulate. Uh, it's finally March, but... With all that said, I'm not writing them off completely 100% just yet, but Joe Lenardi's a pretty accurate indication of who makes the tournament. I think last year he got 67 of the 68 teams that made the field correct. So seeding is one thing, but he's pretty spot on with who makes the field. Um, so I, I have to somewhat agree with him saying that OSU might be the team that just barely misses it. So, okay, so after the loss to Texas and after the previous day's win against OU, it seemed OSU was in. And even and, and they were saying all through, excuse me, they were saying all through the OU game uh, on the broadcast that, you know, OSU with a win, they're likely in. But could it, so, but you've detailed what's happened since and why now it doesn't look that good. Could it get even worse for OSU in the coming days as we lead up to Selection Sunday here in two days? I don't think it gets much worse. Um, at this point in the week, especially in other conference tournaments as they're hitting the semifinals, then eventually the finals, it's going to be good teams versus good teams. So I don't know how much you can really move teams and slide around. I mean, looking at this yesterday, Pittsburgh was one of the last four teams to get a bye miss the to not play in the playing round in Dayton and they lost by 26 to Duke and all they've done is just kind of slide down into that playing round in Dayton in in Joel Lenardi's eyes and uh yeah I, I think there's not going to be a ton of movement really it's to me I think the there's really one spot open one spot that people are still kind of fighting for and it's that last spot and and I think Arizona State's in the mix Oklahoma State's obviously in the mix and then also Clemson Patrick uh they they could score a pretty big win against Virginia later today and they're 23 and 9 and and I get they're playing in the ACC and the ACC basketball is kind of in a down year right now but 23 and 9 they could be 24 and 9 at the end of at the end of today and how do you compare that to an 18 15 OSU record i you know obviously the big 12 gets gets propped up and and i agree with it that it's probably the strongest basketball conference this year in the country uh, and the numbers back that up and the teams back that up 
but how much really i think the question going into sunday is how much does osu playing in the big 12 help or hurt them is it enough to be able to say hey they played in the big 12 they you know they finished the conference under 500 but they it's in the big 12 and are they in just off that merit patrick that that's i think the the storyline of is that enough for them to get in just because they're in this conference? Let's say they sneak in the tournament. Uh, what do you expect out of them in the tournament? I think that they could they, – they'd land on the 11 line and they'd be playing most likely up in Dayton in that playing round. And, Patrick, I'm not a big fan of the the, the playing round. I don't know. That, that's I've never been a fan, fan of that. Um, I don't even know. Do you – do you consider the playing round part of the tournament? Because it's not really the first round. It's just this weird little pigtail on the end. Um, right. But looking at the teams that they could run into, I'm not saying they couldn't beat any of these guys, but I also think OSU right now is very shorthanded, Patrick. They're, they're, they're a pretty banged-up team, and and that's, that's hard. And I think you saw that a little bit against Texas when you only have – nine scholarship players available to play against a team like Texas, uh, that's a hard thing to to do. And obviously these other teams that would fall on the 11 seed line aren't Texas caliber teams, but they're still good teams. I mean, Arizona State, Utah State, Pittsburgh, Rutgers, they all have over 20 wins this season. They were all, you know, in the mix. They, they've been competitive this year, just like Oklahoma State. But I'd say that playing rounds a, a coin toss just because of the quick turnaround in Dayton, Ohio, against teams you haven't really scouted or seen this year. I, I think that's a coin toss. Um, and then, you know, I, I would I would imagine it'd be a short trip if they make it to – if they make the field, I, be it they win the playing round or they lose the next round. I, I just would, would imagine that Oklahoma State's just not really in a position to make a run just because of how kind of banged up they are. Remind us how banged up they are. Kind of give us give us a little sense of that. Yeah, so I was, uh, anybody who's watched this year kind of knows Musa Cisse has been dealing with some stuff with his left leg, and and that's lingering around um, at, at this point in the year. And Chris Harris Jr. suffered an injury against OU. He, he didn't play at all against Texas. The severity of that is currently unknown. Um, they're going to have more as they – the team gets back to Stillwater and able to run some tests on him. And Tyreek Smith, Tyreek Smith got, got a little banged up last night against Texas. Um, obviously, Avery Anderson, too. I was going to say I'm forgetting somebody. Avery Anderson right. been out. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it, – there's some injuries going on right there. They're, they're shorthanded. And on top of that, Patrick, they don't have all their scholarship spots because of the uh, – NCAA violations from last year. So super shorthanded team right now. Yeah. All right, Dean, let's take a real quick break and let's talk some spring game football. All right, Dean, so OSU announced, uh, was it this week or last week, that they were not going to have a spring game. They're going to have kind of a fan event uh, instead due to the construction at uh, Boone Pickens Stadium. Your thoughts on OSU not having a spring game? Yeah, I think look at it both ways, Patrick, and and that might be journalism's kind of ruined me in in that point. I I can see both sides a little bit. Um, 
Yeah, obviously there is construction at Boone Piggin Stadium. It's all over the all the equipment's all over the field. Half the stands are are ripped out. Now, I don't think there's enough people going to this event where you couldn't put it on the other side of the stadium. Um, just have seating on the other side of the stadium, the south side of it. But regardless, I think it's more so they've got all they've spent all this time getting all this equipment out onto the field to take it all off just for a spring game. You could maybe argue that's counterproductive to the whole thing. And I, I think that's fine, Patrick. I don't I've never understood the allure from a fan perspective of going to a spring game or following a spring game. It's it's you know just kind of practice. I I, I get it's a way for people to get to see some new new players and how you know, new signees are doing. But regardless, I, I think OSU probably could have done something better than just a 30-minute meet and greet with players. That seems like a very short amount of time to not, give fans. Not a long time. No, it's it's not. And I was, I was reading Summer Patch, and I should have written it down because I knew we were going to talk about this. But I, I wonder – if they could have just maybe be, because these things don't get, it's not 50,000 people trying to go to this thing, Patrick years past have proven that. Why couldn't they just move it a couple blocks, a couple miles away from Boone Piggins stadium down to the high school stadium at, at Stillwater high school. I mean, that's a pretty big stadium. If, if you want to put on something for the fans, there's a field right there. There's enough seats right there. I thought that could have been a solution. That could have been a, a pipe dream maybe, but I'm sure there have been other football teams who have run into the same issues, who have done the same thing. Um, I think that's my thoughts on it, Patrick. And worst case, in the middle of April, not getting to watch football, go see a baseball game, go see a softball game. There's other things to do. Hey, go take the go take your family out to a picnic. It, it's it's nice. It's going to be sunny. I'm sure. I don't think it's the worst thing, but I think they could have done something better than just 30 minutes for fans to meet players. Have you seen much chatter on, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got to clear my throat. Have you seen much chatter on Twitter about this? Are fans fired up one way or the other? Yeah, I, again, I think just with it being a spring game, it's indifferent. And especially this, Patrick, if, you know, I, I think it helps too that they are, by getting rid of this spring game, I think it gives them an extra practice. And they do have, 33 new players they have like a fourth of their rosters new so hey yeah and a new defensive coordinator so maybe you know taking away the spring game and, and adding on that extra practice during this spring portion gives you a little bit more time to kind of get this team familiar with with each other and you know I, I think that's helpful at the end of the day Patrick but I I think some fans some you get a lot of fans who say you know this is kind of bush league on OSU's part. I think you have others who say I wouldn't have gone if they had it anyway. Yeah, I'm if, if I'm an OSU fan, I'm I'm, I'm disappointed by this decision. I, I really am. And and you're right. It's it's a spring game. It's not really a game, but I think it's part of its goodwill. Part, people do show up, and you know football is a twelve month sport around here in these parts. Um, it's and like you said, there's a lot of new players. I think it'd be great to see some of these new players for the first time. I just, I'm just not a fan of this decision. I, I, I don't, 
I, I go showcase your program, have a spring game, have, you know, whoever wants to come watch, hold, hold it for that amount of people. I don't go, go to Stillwater High. I don't, that would seemingly be a, a good solution. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see big time programs canceling their spring game. I mean, I, I, I mean, do they, I mean, I don't, I don't, it just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem like a thing a big time program does. Hey, we're just going to cancel the spring gaming. And I love the idea of a meet and greet. Don't get me wrong. That That's a great idea. And, and it's really nice that they do that, but boy, I don't, 30 minutes just doesn't, I, I mean, I don't, do you know the logistics of the meet and greet? 30 minutes just doesn't sound like a long period of time to me. Yeah, it's not because I assume it's going to be a, a situation like uh, if you're going to a convention and they have a couple of athletes there and, you know, people get in line to get the autographs or, you know, just say hello to a player. That's what it's going to be. I don't think it's there's going to be lines to to meet some of these guys. And, you know, if, if you want to meet some of the more popular players on this OSU roster, I think it's going to be you got to stand around for 10 minutes waiting to just say hello. I I, I don't think 30 minutes works logistically or from a fan perspective because yeah like you said Patrick if, if you want to be that big time program I don't think getting rid of the spring game is what you do I think that's uh, I think your point to that is is 100% true you know if you want to yeah be in that upper echelon this is something you need to do I think you need to have some more availability to the fans to, to be able to interact and, and see this team and be around it and be able to get excited. I'll say I'll say one thing about a spring game, Patrick. I've never seen somebody walk away from a spring game and be uh, disappointed for the for the upcoming fall schedule. There, there's always that. Everybody's always happy at the spring game. Like, oh, this team's going to be great next year. You never see somebody say, oh, that's it. We're going three and eight this year. You, you never hear that. Everybody, it's always the optimism around the spring game. Uh, and I think OSU football needs some optimism right now within the fan base. Well said, well said, Dean. You're 100% correct. And you're spot on. Everything you just said. Yeah, goodwill, fan, yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Uh, all right, let's uh, – we done on that? You want to add something else? You want to you want to end on a really good point there like you did? I think we're good to wrap it up there. I know – Okay. Believe it or not, Patrick, spring practice for them starts in 10 days. I feel like we just got done covering that football season. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 hard to believe. Well, it'd be good. You know, it's, uh, you know, springtime again is a time to kind of maybe get to know some of these players a little bit if if you're allowed. Um, and they got a lot of them, a lot of new kids. So it's, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right, let's kind of go back to uh, some Big 12 hoops uh, on the women's side of things. Uh, talk about a team that is a tournament team, uh, J.C. Hoyt's Cowgirls. What's going on with them? Yeah, so, so they enter as – the four seed in the uh, in the conference, they're going to play West Virginia here in, here in a little bit, Patrick, about 45 minutes till they tip off. And they've kind of squarely been in the tournament field for the season. I think right now, trying to talk and pull it up at the same time. But when I looked yesterday, they were an eight seed and they would have played Georgia. Yep, so they're still an eight seed. They, they're projected to play against Georgia in the first round and then more than likely play top seed Stanford in the second round. Um, so, I, so I'd say regardless of, of if they lose to West Virginia, they might move down a spot or two, but they're pretty much, they're they're going to be in, Patrick, they're going to be in this field. Um, 
no matter what really happens in the Big 12 tournament. Now, now if they go and they win the thing, they can still fight for some position in the national tournament. If they go and, you know, win this, um, I doubt they do because I think OU and Texas are just, just a hair above them uh, mm-hmm. this year in terms of talent and, and skill. Um, but but they, they, they can maybe move up to the seven line. Patrick, I'd say that's optimistically possible. But regardless – they lose today they're not getting bumped out of this at all all right uh let's chat a little uh wrestling before we get out of here uh next weekend of course the ncaa wrestling championships are at the bok center a couple of weeks after uh the bok center hosted the big 12 uh what do you expect out of we'll talk maybe more about that next week we'll get a little more deeper into it uh, we're kind of hoping to get uh, John Smith on our podcast. We'll see how that goes. It's, it's. Uh, if I understand you right, we're trending in the right direction. So hopefully we'll get to talk to Coach Smith. But uh, just kind of uh, briefly, uh, what do you expect out of OSU at the NCAA tournament? You know, Patrick, I know you have some experience covering OSU wrestling in the heyday and, and being around that program. I, I think it's kind of and I saw some some commentary when brackets were released on Wednesday for, for this team. There's only two two wrestlers OSU has with a top 10 seed, and that's Dayton Fix at number two at 133 pounds and Dustin Plott uh, with the fifth seed at 174 pounds. Everybody else is 10 or lower. And Patrick, I know you, you were around. I mean, th- th- that, that's got to be kind of weird to see only two wrestlers in the top 10 at their weight for Oklahoma State. Yeah, it's a little unusual, uh, for sure. Um, you know, but I'm, it's, you know, but they did get all, all was, there was, is it Wyatt Sheets who was kind of maybe on the fringe about getting in and he did get in? Yeah, so he got, he got an at-large bid. Um, they, they had eight, the Big 12 got eight allocations for, to make the tournament um, from, from, to make nationals from the Big 12 tournament. So he finished ninth, so he needed an at-large bid. He got that. So he's going to be the 31st seed um, at 165. And funny enough, Patrick, he uh, he entered two years ago as an at-large bid, the 33rd seed, the last in his weight class. And he went on to win All-American status. He's the first wrestler ever to be the last seed in and, and finish as an All-American. So Wyatt Cheats is more than capable of going on a run. He's proven that. Another another guy who really interests me, Patrick, also from the Tulsa area, is a uh, Reese Whitcraft, and he stepped in mm-hmm. super late in the season at 125 and lost some duels right off the bat, and then he wrestled his butt off in Tulsa last weekend, finished third at his weight. He enters as the he also enters as the as the number 31 seed at 125, and I think he's a wild card. He's the ultimate wild card for OSU. He could do something. He's he's wrestling like he's got nothing to lose, and, and I think that makes somebody dangerous. Yeah. All right, what are you doing this weekend? Well, Patrick, I think uh, softball. Just... We should probably mention this, Patrick. Softball has a top 10 matchup this weekend. They're number three, and uh, number six, Florida State, is in town uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I, I, I hope to get out there for one of those and – other than that, Patrick, I think we've got some really good wrestling content coming to our website in the next couple of days. That's I'm hammering away at it this weekend. So if everybody wants some good buildup for, for nationals in Tulsa next week, give that a listen. Or give that a read, excuse me. 
<laughs> and of course, selection Sunday is well Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so that so it'll be uh, you know it's a great time of year uh, already just with basketball, but with you know some of the other things you mentioned, it's even better. But next week, you know, we're gonna it's gonna be a nice little bookend. We got selection Sunday, and then NCAA wrestling at the end of the week. So uh, it's it's gonna be a good week. It will. All right. So uh, you you done? You good? I'm good. All right. Well, hey, well, listen, we appreciate you checking us out. You can download us for free at Google, Apple, or Spotify. Dean and I usually record once a week, uh, and we're happy you checked us out, and we'll talk next week. Dean, appreciate the knowledge. Of course.